Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Mock. Yeah? Ing. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. My yeah. Bird. Oh, yeah. Have you heard? Come on. <laughs> You're supposed to sing, Matt. You're supposed to sing. I think Come I on. did. I, I did enough singing back in the day. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, everybody, hello there. Uh, tonight's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 205, titled A Hen in the Wolf House, is brought to you by the good people at Tijuana 09 Tequila. When you need something a little stronger behind that bar. Very, very nice, Pete. And I guess that's an opportunity to remind everyone, do drink carefully, won't you? Enjoy responsibly. Totally packed episode tonight. Time to catch you up on what went down. Our teaser begins at the nuptials of Pete and Mariah, the soon-to-be Lightners, um, where a best man is extolling the virtues of the groom, Pete, about when he joined the Navy. He makes a toast, uh, and no sooner does his mouth turn blue and the rest of his uh, naval compadres get the old obelisk stone mouth going there. It was a great series of effects in that scene it you know it was subtle at first with the um with the uh the, the best man but then there were a couple close-ups where there really was lots of you know blue gray crusting and stonification and whatnot <laughs> and it just it really sold the severity of what was going on the weirdness of it and, and kind of this um you know uh, oblique uh, attack slash weapons Obel- test. Obelisk, 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 oblique, not, obelisk. Not oblique, it's all connected. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because the woman who asked the uh, one then revealed Hydra waiter if he had something stronger behind the bar, she thought they were going to be poisoned by the best man's speech. They didn't. I'm here all week. Enjoy the veal. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm not. With the Hydra waiters, they were just there that night. So (laughs) (laughs) So you left in a hurry. I did. We then learn, as our waiters uh, speak to Bakshi, that uh, eight people went down at this wedding massacre. Others were sickened. um, And that this, however, represented a failure of what they were sent there to do which is pretty ominous. Act one formally begins with um, our S.H.I.E.L.D. uh, team discussing that eight were killed, uh, six um, uh, uh, were Navy, okay, and they were all in the anti-Hydra unit. So the United States um, military at this point has, for the first time, represented on the show uh, begun combating Hydra as a threat. Um, these were seen as uh, murders from the effects of the obelisk, which we we stated before. Um, Coulson is in his office uh, with Sky and Hunter, and she sees for the first time carved into his desk the graffiti 
that has been the subject of so much of our show for some time now. Um, and she references his source and Hunter wants to know as well. And Colson tells them it's classified. Now, Pete, at this point in the episode, uh, this point in act one, probably the credits were still occurring. Mm-hmm. And this was the first indication as to the pacing of this episode where it just was zipping along. You Break know, neck. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, it's the show has so fully committed to the the serial storyline that for better or worse, and I think for the better of those of us who are watching, it's not pausing to kind of say, boy, so there was this attack today. No, it's this kind of, you know, steady cam shot where they're walking through the, you know, through the sandbox and just quick, you know, references to rising tide. Hey, we, that we're like, oh, wow, that was like, you know, a year ago, it was the last rising tide story. But it's just, it's just so, um, so as you said, breakneck speed. Um, and then next, we, of course, have Sky standing up to Colson and uh, in kind of a, oh, no, Colson's angry moment, Colson right. pushing back. It's all progression at this point. You know, last season, it was, it's all connected. And, and now it's just all this forward momentum. And it really excites me for, you know, how much ground we're covering in an episode and where we'll be down the road. Um, within that, we then uh, see Kyle McLaughlin's doctor character pulling a bullet out of someone, uh, explaining that if it struck them a half inch lower, they wouldn't be having this conversation. And Matt, we're going to talk about it in level seven, but uh, had to point out on Twitter and now he was bathed ominously in green light in the beginning of that scene. And then a red light came on and Raina came in. Yeah, I think certainly, um, I think they were having a bit of, of fun, the show, the the producers, et cetera, uh, you know, was having a bit of fun with us because clearly he's not the Hulk. Um, but what is he? We started to explore that a bit in, in this episode, which, uh, you know, of course we will discuss in a bit, but um, I think it was just, it was being cute without being in your face, you know, kind of cute. Absolutely. Um, Whitehall has scared Reyna to the point we saw the threat in last week's episode with the little device that he put up to Reyna. He wants the obelisk. He's been chasing it for some time. Um, and the doctor asks her, does, does he scare you more than I do? Um, and he will not give up the obelisk. Um, and then, of course, the uh, the great line there: "Try to keep it together." <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was such splendid acting out of Kyle MacLachlan. He was mm-hmm. clearly passionate. There was a subtlety to it. The next thing you know, the unsubtle hand around Raina's neck. Um, and, and this is a point in the episode where, and, and I think what I'm about to say applies to the episode as a whole. But it's so pregnant with possibilities. You know, who is he? What? What is it that he does exactly? You know, what is it that happens when he's very, very angry? Um, I don't know that that's completely answered by episode's end, but um, I'll just mention too, Pete. Did you pick up kind of slight, slight shades, perhaps, 
of um, in uh, the Tim Burton Batman, the Joker's doctor, you know, where the place you go to that's off the off the map and kind of scuzzy. Again, I'm not saying it was even necessarily a reference, but I just kind of had that moment of like, you know, the awful doctor who asks no questions and takes, you know, cash and whiskey as payment. A little bit. I, I, I think that there's certainly something to that. Um, my whole thing, I don't think we've seen Kyle McLaughlin, you know, I think this was his, what, third appearance this season? Second or third. Um, he was in the season premiere. I don't think we've seen him in something so physical since, like, Dune. Well, he was pretty physical in uh, Showgirls, but that, that's that's a different matter entirely. <laughs> There's no pools in this episode. Different type. No, 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 no worms either. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bakshi uh, is then at Hydra, and um, it's Bakshi Simmons, and uh, she is being promoted. Remember last time we saw her at Hydra, she was headed up the old elevator. And she's brought into a meeting of the top Hydra muckety-muck scientists where Dr. Whitehall is present, who is referenced as one of Hydra's new heads. Matt, there are always more workers. And you know if you cut off one head, two more take its place. Sorry. <coughs> uh, two, two more take its place. <laughs> I, I think it's worth pausing here to just note the the wonderful performance of uh, Reed uh, Reed Diamond as uh, Daniel Whitehall. He knows how to make more out of less. Specifically, there's lines like, and this might not be a direct quote, but you know, there's lines like he'll, he's just saying, "Doctor Simmons, explain." There's this rat a tat tat delivery that he has, and it's splendid because he's mm-hmm. he's clearly a, a, a man that doesn't need. To say a lot because he's at the top because he is the head. He just states what he wants and people he's go do it. He's one of the heads, Matt. One of the heads. He's he's the head of this uh, certainly this local operation. Um, by the way, I love that we've gone from all these different you know bad guy layers to um, what's his layer? It's a big corporate office building. Yeah, yeah. It's it's America, two thousand fourteen. <laughs> um, but they're talking about reverse engineering this artifact and Whitehall says that he has loftier aspirations. Uh, Hydra's founder, okay, uh, had the Tesseract and then uh, Dr. Mingenfalter, which is just a great name in itself. Uh, Whitehall asks Simmons where, um, where do you think Dr. Mingerfalter went wrong? And the discussion quickly turns uh, with Simmons saying this could kill millions. And uh, the doctor guy, um, I have his name here, but the one that uh, Simmons has been hanging out with inside of Hydra, basically her boss says to her uh, after she says kill millions, pretty awesome, huh? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just, (laughs) look, it's a nice way to uh, orient the audience, particularly if it's newer viewers, you know, who the bad guys are here, because she has just enough kind of concern. And he's just like, man, this is what I signed up for. Millions or billions. Cool. And it's just, 
I mean, it's a chilling moment. It is a great um, act end to go out on where, where you're just reminded why they're the bad guys on this really fundamental level. That was Kenneth, by the way, who uttered that line. Um, so act two, uh, Fitz is uh, not ready to have this conversation with himself, with uh, Head Simmons, Himmons again. Um, and uh, the idea there that we knew was going to pay off by the end of the episode with a reunion with actual Simmons. Um, understated uh, there, the conversation he has with himself, with his, uh, his Simmons amalgam um, before Hunter and Sky are, st- are talking about um, the old lady. Okay, Uh, which wonderful payoff with that tonight being Bobby Morse being uh, Mockingbird, as she is known in the uh, Marvel comic universe. It's not been spoken on screen here. Um, Hunter said something, too, about being a fat baby. (laughs) I didn't (laughs) quite get um but he instructs sky to dig deeper that his ex was very good at keeping secrets which again was heavy foreshadowing what was going to happen and he instructs sky to go see her hydra boyfriend (laughs) one of the surprises to this season is that despite the fact that they've added a number of people either to the recurring cast or main cast, which, side note, it still annoys me that that the wonderful B.J. Britt is, uh, in my opinion, relegated to... Absolutely. You know, Flying recurring... The, the jet. Yeah. But, you know. I mean, that said, I mean, it's, I suppose the work is the work. I mean, it's it's better that than nothing. But regardless of where the hollywood agents define recurring versus cast member versus guest you know whatever um the fact that they've added all these characters who are team players to a team of people who are team players and then continue to use hunter and to use nick blood's wonderful and nuanced um portrayal of of hunter as this lackadaisical half serious half-hearted person ron burgundy (laughs) <laughs> indeed indeed it it's so refreshing because it's an opportunity to kind of have you know the the, the one person who's a, kind of the audience because you know there's moments where you're like oh here they are with their special you know sleep gun and you know karate moves it's it's just enough there to be like this is a slightly ridiculous show and he's the one going yeah this is this is all just totally weird and i kind of don't buy it but whatever i'll just keep going um, but in a way that's totally playful. And I don't know how much of that is Nick Blood. I don't know how much of that is the writing. I imagine it's probably, you know, an amalgam of the two. But just what a wonderful presence he brings uh, to the series as somebody who kind of doesn't buy into the coolness that we buy into. And it works. Yeah, it's welcome and it was missing in last year's group, but it didn't belong in last year's group. You know, Sky was that outsider and it's not something that, you know, is called for where she was in in digging for who she is. She explains to uh, Ward here that she knows her parents were killed in Hunan and Ward explains very coolly the Hannibal Lecter-esque 
uh, you know, delivery still there, that that's not what happened. He says, I'd never lie to you, Sky. I'll never lie to you. Not again, he said. Um, she demands that he reveal his source, and he says that it was Reina. He's seen the carving, the Crefidi, before. He first saw it in Belarus, which actually happened in uh, the I Spy episode last year, the fourth episode, which we saw ahead of time at New York Comic Con. Garrett did this too, and uh, Ward asks, it's not yours, is it? Which was pretty ominous. Explains that once Garrett started, he couldn't stop, and he didn't think he was meant to survive. It certainly was an opportunity for the show to take a little bit of a um, uh, of a victory lap in that, yeah, there was this weird writing all the way back in episode 104. And at the time, it was like, did we see that? They kind of showed it. Hey, it looks like, you know, you know, old Vulcan writing or Bajoran writing, kind of yuckety yuck yuck. And then they just kind of left it. Um, and the notion that they've planted that seed so far in advance um, or, or, or so far back, depending on your perspective, um, that it's it's just to the credit of the show it's one of those things that it shows the show's confidence that that really wasn't going to become a major um plot point until at least season one was picked up for a full season and that then now of course it's something that they're really exploring and it only gets better here matt the textures the layers that we've added and obviously did they know the whole playbook back uh, 104 last year heading into Guardians of the Galaxy. They didn't. The broad strokes that it was going to cover the, you know, the alien, the much different than we'd seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But again, just weaving in and out of these tentpole movies. And, you know, if you're not watching this show, you're not listening to this podcast. But if you're not watching the show, you need to be watching this show. Um, and the way it so enhances the experience between the movies and the TV show, I can only dream of what it's going to be like when we've got, you know, the three TV shows by the time uh, Avengers Age of Ultron is hitting in May, um, you know, and the connections between the three. It's an exciting time. It really is. I could not agree more. Going back to, to watch um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier um, was such, you know, I mean, that's a movie that doesn't need any help, but it is such a richer experience to have, uh, you know, to have the different connections, whether it's the little, you know, lamer cutter outer thing that uh, that um, that uh, Nick Fury has that we would go on to find uh, Fitz had made. Um, the different Hydra references, um, you know, the static all... veil that they've since used on the mm -hmm. show last week to change identities, you know, that stuff is great. And this GH formula, which we're pretty confident is in some way connected to, uh, Dr. Banner, um, that triggered these problems in, uh, Garrett that's, Coulson had in him in the Tahiti procedure and the sky was infused with uh, on death's door, but she reveals to Ward she hasn't written. Um, and Coulson 
reveals to her that she's been monitored since this took place. Um, they believe, uh, you know, it might have been a negative reaction to that. And Sky gets to the to the quick of it. Wait, am I an alien? What's going on here? <laughs> it was tremendously fun that they kind of trotted out that theory, which, as I recall, was kind of something that was discussed on the periphery last season. Yes. Um, but there wasn't much time between kind of the pivot of, um, you know, kind of those like the Tahiti reveal, the the how Colson was brought back reveal was in retrospect a quick turn. And then it was race, race, race to get to the Hydra stuff, the Captain America reveal and so forth. Um, so and there when you were time. serving when you were serving two masters like they were with Captain America and Guardians of the Galaxy to come much later in the summer, there's only so far you could go to that alien thing. OK, we had half a blue man gigantic torso in what was it like episode 15, 16 in that neighborhood. I think it might have been a little bit earlier was the Tahiti episode. And Coulson was the only one who saw it, and that facility was buried by the end of the episode. So there was only so far you can go with it. And now with what we know, I mean, again, you're not seeing Guardians of the Galaxy. You might be listening to this. Go watch it. <laughs> and and just how it, uh, again, enhances this experience. But all this discussion is going on about alien stuff and not only the fun happening with that and the way Sky through Chloe Bennett can attack that. But then May comes in. There's a call on line one. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I will admit, I mean, it, it surprised me how it was, uh, it was Raina on the phone. That was a little, I'm not saying unbelievable because, you know, I mean, she kind of is operating on the periphery of, you know, kind of having all this, this knowledge and having her connections and whatnot. But I had kind of, um, I'd kind of lost track of her in the overall story. Um, but then for her to call, it was just kind of this, it was the thread going through the different parts of, of the story. And then now the thread tightening and you go, Oh, now if we already didn't have a fantastic pace here, now we're really upping the ante because we know from last week, Raina has this ticking time bomb where she needs to serve not necessarily even her own um, long-term interest, her own short-term interest of, you know, I don't want to die in the next 48 hours. Um, so she's got to do that, but she can't completely reveal the who and the why and the where. And once again, we're now off to the races. Definitely. Um, simultaneously at old Hydra science headquarters there, whatever we're going to call it, uh, a klaxon sounds and we meet Bobby Morse for the first time who says there's a mole. There's someone sending shield messages. No one leaves. I think that everyone's assumption at that point was going to be, hey, there's going to be some kind of fake out because we're only, you know, 15, 20 minutes into the episode. And of course, they're not going to out Simmons as the baddie, um, which in retrospect, they're playing against that um, that expectation with how how the multiple reveals of the mole um, uh, are then handled. 
Um, Act three begins with uh, Bakshi explaining that Hydra doesn't tolerate traitors. Duh. Um, Morse and Simmons have a very terse, tense discussion where she, for the second time, says that her loyalties are with Hydra. And then uh, the uh, doctor character, Kenneth, there is uh, is taken after Simmons plants her little uh, flex screen in his uh, his personal effects. Now, well, Pete, a couple of thoughts. First of all, I will I will um, maybe disagree with some people out there and say I felt that it was slightly over the top. The reveal of Mockingbird. Yes, it's a comic book show, but I just thought that there was something in her presentation that was a bit much. Um, and frankly, after the act break, I was a bit unhappy with, with, with her performance. I thought it was, you know, just a little too one note, a little too, I am the villain. Um, and I would even go so far as to say just the look that they had given her was a little like a 1960s Star Trek villain. Um, <laughs> the, the upswept hair. Um, I, I think they took great pains to sell the bad guy head of Hydra science security thing. I, I was fine with it. It worked in the characterization and she softened obviously with the reveal of her staffy nunchuck E things. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I'm certainly glad that the character is going to remain uh, apparently recur. Uh, I think that's a, you know, something we can discuss in level seven, how much, uh, will she recur? But um, again, me, I, to me personally, uh, you know, uh, as much as I'd like to praise the show all the time, to me, I just found, again, in her in her reveal, in her performance, in her costuming, it was all just a little off, and um, I felt it kind of continued through multiple scenes. Although, as we get later into the story, and she is going to reveal to be a goodie. Um, I guess I had less of a concern with the performance and whatnot. So again, I mean, sometimes these things, you know, I, heck maybe it's me or hey, maybe they said, Oh, you know, this wasn't quite what we wanted it to. And in her next episode, it's just tweaked and it becomes perfect. The guts of this episode in more ways than one took place in the restaurant here where Colson and Raina have their date from hell. Um, she even hits on him. And the discussion about the obelisk and she explains it's out of her hands and that she needs to uh, get it, which we know from Dr. Whitehall giving her a deadline of 48 hours. Um, but she does have something. It's in her purse, actually. And she is ready to reveal via email or text message or I, I think it was kind of unclear how it was exactly to be communicated, but basically to be communicated to all of Hydra at once that Simmons is a spy. Um, wonderfully timed and uh, briefly intercut with Simmons in a bathroom stall. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then Morse catches her right outside of it and asks if her and Kenneth, her lab partner, had been colluding because of the flex screen. Uh, she reminds um, Simmons that Hydra is everywhere, uh, which I had a little bit of fun with on Twitter. Um, 
And, you know, we get back to Reyna threatening with this uh, photo if Coulson does not, if S.H.I.E.L.D. does not release Sky into her custody so that she can win points with McLaughlin's doctor. Really, really greatly um, put together in that scene. The whole restaurant scene was wonderful, and I'd like to return to it uh, in a moment, but... Pete, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Is it consistent? Is it internally consistent that Bobby Morse would would be verbally roughing up Simmons in the bathroom, giving her the you know I think I'm on to you kind of thing, when in fact all she has to do is be like, Colson sent me or something like that. But Matt, what did she say? She towed. Our company, I mean, the company line, Hydra is everywhere. She's being listened to. The okay. bathroom's not safe. I, I listen, I would 110% there. There's a listening okay. device in the urinal. You know, it's, it's there. Well, I don't. It's there. Even in the, the women's room. Even in the urin- women's room urinals? There's, there's a urinal at Hydra. Yes. Well, that's how, you know what? That's. That's how hardcore they are. That's how hardcore they are. They okay. prepare for they everything. Put urinals in the ladies' room at Hydra. I've seen them. I've seen them. <laughs> um, but to return to that restaurant scene, I love that Raina takes over that scene. The actress can absolutely handle it. It's great to have Raina pursuing this because she's being forced to. I love. I love the notion that there aren't always. Um, bad guys that are bad, they're just kind of in opposition, you know, uh, to, to our uh, to our heroes. Um, as uh, Mike Sorensen mentioned uh, on Twitter, you know, technically that makes them an antagonist. I would shy away from using that word just because I think in normal conversation, antagonist sounds so villainous. Right. Um, but I, I just like the idea that Reyna, just as uh, as we've seen um, the general in previous episodes. They're just Talbot. kind of Talbot, yes, indeed. I didn't forget that, Pete. I didn't, I, you know. <laughs> um, um, but people I, might I, have confused the general with that, uh, you know, computer animated uh, insurance uh, hawker there. I just, <laughs> I'd want to make it clear, indeed. Um, but I, I, I love that middle ground of the people who oppose you don't necessarily oppose you because they are your mortal enemies it's just the circumstance of the thing it's the it's the it's the the role that you have to play Um, right it's not it's not the hate but um pete i'll tell you in that scene the conclusion of it or at least the conclusion i believe before um before the act break i was surprised as heck that the photo actually sent i was fully prepared for it to go three two one for it to be like You've called my bluff, right. Mr. And Co- Agent Coulson, because I don't know your director. And now you have me in your grasp. Well, you had, you know, May, uh, you know, off to the side and Sky saying, you know, Rain is lying. Um, and, you know, this idea that this uh, doctor father has spent, you know, Sky's entire life searching for her. Colson doesn't make the deal. May says Colson has a plan, which became a refrain in the final, you know, uh, third of this episode. And uh, May tells Sky to stand down and the file transfers. And I thought, again, wonderfully paced and done 
ups the ante and then Simmons is in the lab and everybody looks at her and we break the act there. Kudos. Absolutely. I mean, it, I, I, I in no way anticipated that it would actually be that, that quick and that permanent. Um, I mean, the thought of maybe cut to Whitehall message received. Oh, should I click on it? Oh, I'm talking to Bakshi and kind of like made up tension there. Nope. It was as good as Raina promised. Everyone got it on their desktop immediately. However you want to, you know, buy into that as, as you know, gospel, but there it was. And wow, there's no going back. There is not. Uh, Act four begins with all eyes on Simmons. Back, she says, grab her. And on cue, Bobby Morse produces her little staffs there. And she says, don't worry, Colson has a plan. And uh, at least this guy, Matt, was not, a, uh, you know, surprised that uh, Mockingbird is in the house. <laughs> I will admit I was surprised having avoided um uh, look, I, I'm a spoiler. I'm a spoiler virgin, Pete. I, I lo- I'm pure as the driven snow when it comes to knowing what's going to happen <laughs> next. Um, so I personally found it delightful. I mean, I kind of assumed just by the fact that she has a cool name that she was like a good guy, but I hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about that um, during the episode. Uh, now, Pete, ha- have in this act did we return back to the to the restaurant, or are we done with the restaurant at this point? There was the uh, the follow up there um, when uh, Raina wanted to be taken in and Coulson hits her with sorry, no vacancies, <laughs> uh, no room in the inn there, um, you know, but Raina is, you know, really worried. She's scared. She says Whitehall is is scary. You wouldn't believe the stories. And I just love the mythology, the the unspoken deeds that we're hinting at by this guy that's looked the same since the 1940s that I have every confidence is going to be a big player in the agent Carter series beginning in January. Um, and then, you know, Morse is suddenly, uh, you know, in, in Hydra, uh, uh, science headquarters, there explaining to, uh, guards, she's enacting protocol six, eight, five, she tells Simmons the plan, get to the roof. She says uh, southwest corner. Before that, she had gone back into the hallway to confront uh, Bakshi and two goons. We never see the um, the direct fallout of that, but she comes back. They run. They jump off the roof onto a cloaked Quinjet flown by. Trip, he's back and should be in more of the episodes. And he sh- he should absolutely be in more of these episodes. But you know what? He saved the day there, so I'm I'm all right. You know, if if you're going to use him to that effect, that they did. Um, Raina then left the uh, restaurant. Hunter says to her, "If you ask me, Colson let you off easy," and she says, "I didn't ask." <laughs> I mean, again, not to kind of repeat myself, his. His contrarian performance is so wonderful here. There's just kind of this air of, you know, screw you, Raina. I don't give a flying flipper about you. And, eh, you know, it's just so, um, he's so he's, he is so seemingly uninvested in what's going on. 
but he keeps showing up to work. I mean, there's kind of this this wonderful duality to him, this wonderful subtext to him. Um, perhaps Pete driven by his broken heart, which I know we'll be exploring uh, more in a moment. I'm almost worried that now that the cat is out of the bag for you all, that um, Bobby Morse is his uh, she-devil ex, that it's going to soften him the wrong way. That it's going to emasculate him. You know, she's the kick-butt, you know, staff-wielding moly mole. And, you know, uh, Lance Hutter, is he the, uh, you know, the, the weakened uh x you know i'm i'm hopeful we don't go in that direction it it could certainly be played for laughs but you know six episodes in as things get progressively darker do we want and or need those laughs i think that i think that after having seen what he can do for these episodes there's no way that they're going to undercut him as a character um also i you know i mean Although it's like, and now she's joined the team, it is my every expectation that, it, you know, she's not going to be in every episode from here on to the end. Um, so I think that, you know, whereas he is a full member of the cast, so I think that, you know, we can have more of him uh, and less of her and, and therefore less of that mix. Right. Um, so they then ask, well, Colson talks about uh, how wherever sky goes, death follows. There was a reference made to a character from season one. I did not recognize the name, but it was no way near a, uh, a, a big player. I think it was the woman who had been a shield agent who, um, was around when sky was found. That um, would make sense. That would make the, sense in the Hunan pro- uh, province. I did not get a name down here. I apologize. You can check Twitter and see, the uh the detail to my notes <laughs> i was carving quite a bit tonight matt and and you've seen those so you can attest to that absolutely um but uh where's sky sky is in an alley uh outside a door marked uh 451 um she has her gun drawn and cut to commercial <laughs> um act 5 begins uh with sky going into that door explaining uh herself you wanted to meet she finds a framed picture of her dad of the doctor and then behind her was colson uh he was here she explains she just wanted a glimpse and a really great moment there he hugs her he is Director Coulson, director Phil Coulson is the closest thing that Sky has to a father. Indeed. I like that she went there looking for her father and found him in in the visage of Coulson. What I didn't like was that she goes in the room and is like, oh man, he's gone. And there's a door behind her. Now maybe it's a door to a closet. I don't know. But I, I part of me was like, and if you open that door, there's the alley, and there he is sitting in the van. Um, again, maybe that's nitpicky, but you know what? She look. I've seen enough cop shows to know that when you clear a room, <laughs> you've got to open every every door. And if that right. is just a closet, fine. And worse comes to worse, you just I don't know, 
don't make that a door. You take the door handle off and paint it the same color as the wall. Ta-da, yeah. it's the wall. You know, who's going to notice it? McLaughlin's um, doctor is watching from a uh, a camera placed inside the clock there. Um, you know, Hunter lightens the mood. Is this going to be a group hug type of thing? Sky breaks uh, him down. You know, oh, you, what, you've been drinking? Uh, you were undercover as Ron Burgundy. <laughs> and then, you know, leave it to May after her great turn last week to keep it all business. And in the other room, she points out that uh, some people have been uh, rather brutally dispatched. This work was done with a scalpel and then brute force. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know that she said scalpel. I thought she said uh, a sharp knife. No, scalpel was specifically. Matt, do you doubt my notes? Well, I don't doubt your notes, <laughs> but in the next scene where, where where he dispatches somebody with a small knife, um, I thought that was the setup and the connection. Like I had heard knife, not scalpel, but um, but Pete, I I will I will conditionally defer to your notes. Trust my system. Um, Coulson then notices the clock there and Sky seeing what her father hath wrought there. Uh, she sees the doctor for what he is a monster. Cue the smashing of the iPad, the throwing it into the street, and the driving away. By the way, Pete, it wasn't the clock that he noticed, he noticed the security camera on the wall by the red light. If that was wrong, maybe so was the scalpel. Ooh. Boom. Pete, are you trying to lead us astray? <laughs> Hail Hydra. Um, Simmons is back at the playground uh, with Bobby, which, uh, you know, for effect there, it's, it's not uh, Agent Morse. It's Bobby in the British accent. Bobby, of course, right, is a cop, is it not? Um, in, in, in it, your, your, your Britain land. Uh, I mean, it certainly, it certainly is. Yes. I, I just Bobbies, thought that, that was the Bobbies. I hadn't um, made that particular connection. I just thought that that was you know, short for short for Barbara. Um, yeah. and just, you know, kind of like a cool, it's, it's Bobby with an eye, man. It's cool. Yeah. It's 1971 yeah. when she first <laughs> appeared. It's you know we're we're burning bras. It's like the new. It's the new. It's independence. It's Bobby with an eye, man. Yes. Simmons uh, sees Fitz, and we get this uh, nice reunion there. Um, he seems to be the only one that doesn't realize what she's been off doing, but clearly he's not really in a state to know that. Curiously undersold, and I. Don't know if speculation as to why I was convinced there was going to be some sort of, you know, heartbreaking, uh, you know, secret scene at the end. Um, there were a few points in this episode where I wondered if perhaps they had gone long and then needed to kind of, you know, cut it back a bit. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if very early on next week we get him and Simmons talking and maybe that's either a leftover from this week or stuff that they shot for the new episode to just really wrap that up because they realized the episode couldn't, um, you know, that, that this episode 205 kind of didn't resolve it. So, I mean, time will tell, but it was strange how, what did we want? We wanted the big hug. We had headed towards that. Head Simmons had noticed how he had um, acknowledged she was fake and now the real Simmons is back. It was just, 
again, I'm not saying show you did wrong, but it's a it's a thread there, and I want to see if that thread connects to another episode in a substantial way, or if it's just a loose thread. Well, we will have to see. Um, it's revealed that uh, Mac knows um, Bobby Morse from the past, which uh, you know I I think really um, is going to come to play in future episodes, um, and. You know, he asks where you've been and she, you know, coolly uh, establishing their rapport. You know, I've been at Hydra, you know, acting all uptight, um, which was great. Um, and then we get uh, the double reveal, which we've already talked about, that she is indeed the ex, the uh, the love of Lance Hunter's life who went astray. Uh, who he preferred blonde, which a lot of people in uh, bringing up the comic connection with the Mockingbird, Bobby Morse character, that she is blonde and perhaps the brunette was part of her cover. Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason that she had brown hair, um, I, the fact that they were making a reference back to um, to kind of the comic origin I mean, it was cute. It was nice. It was, um, it was, it was an, one of those nice references where if you get it, it means a lot to you. And even if you're just like, oh, they're probably making a reference to a thing on the comics, you appreciate the craftsmanship, even though it's not kind of emotionally uh, resonating. Uh, Colson describes her as one of their best agents. And then we get this much-earned Coulson and Sky conversation. She wants to be in on what's going on, and he goes for it. We should probably get started then. Uh, cue the secret wall covered in carvings behind it. Um, and he explains, this is what I did yesterday. It needs to be carved. It just kind of happens. It means nothing to him. And uh, Sky thinks she has a theory, which we're going to delve into wholeheartedly in level seven. But she exclaims, it's a map. It's the map. It's the map. It's the map. It's the map. Yeah. Heck of an episode, though. It is. Our, uh, our secret tag scene uh, features Bakshi uh, talking about dismantling uh, the, I would assume there are scientific headquarters there that things need to be broken down. Um, and the doctor just strolls right in, <laughs> uh, Whitehall seems to know him, demands he be removed. Uh, the doctor, uh, very calmly, very brutally kills a couple Hydra guards. <laughs> and he said, let's just all keep our heads about us. <laughs> um, I've heard you've been looking for this and he, reveals in his uh, stainless steel uh, suitcase there, the obelisk, um, or in its native language, as he reveals, it's called the diviner. And Whitehall wants it, um, so you'll give this to me, and the doctor promises, I will teach you how to survive it. Um, Coulson's name comes up, uh, the doctor having uh, felt betrayed as the, uh, the surrogate father Coulson has stepped in. Um, he wants to kill him. 
you know, along with everybody else. And that was a heck of a way to to cap that scene in that every like what is the everyone else? Is the everyone else uh, like um the rest of Shield or the rest of the people that Hydra opposes or like the rest of humanity? Like it was very open ended and very creepy to the benefit of the series. Do you want to know? Of course not. <laughs> I like my uh I like my secrets. I like my I, I, like, I like not knowing. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys here. We're not going to spend a ton of time on people like Bakshi and even Whitehall, who we've had for several episodes here. Reina's motivations are are really gray this season. Um, when they were a little more black and white last season. But Matt, the doctor. I mean, I think we got a little bit more sense as to why his hands are so bloody. (laughs) All the time, yes. All the time, although I still return back to his initial reveal, the character, albeit not with Kyle MacLachlan. Um, When he was first revealed, I thought he was under guard. And had bloody hands. Now, maybe we can go back and retcon that and say, no, those were just guys waiting to see if he had taken the bullets out of another ne'er-do-well. Um, so I'm a little curious about that. But, um, yeah, the, it, it's it, there are more mysteries than not. Um, the fact that he can kind of hulk out here, uh, no, oh, I guess pun partially intended, Um but also is a healer of sorts, but a healer for bad people. I mean, you think he'd be much better as like a, you know, some sort of like assassin or muscle for hire or, or that kind of thing. So a wonderful character, tons of mystery. I love that they, you know, they say, oh, maybe he is the source. You know, he, he, there's the trail of blood that has followed Sky. Maybe he is that trail. Yeah. An interesting turnaround of, oh, it's not baby Sky. And when you do the wrong thing, she you know, emits the death light or whatever. Um, it's that he's been slowly trying to find her. And that's, that's where all these dead people come from. When we know that sky is a, a ticking time bomb as evidence of the, you know, beats per minute uh, monitor that she was keeping on herself um, a couple episodes back. And clearly the paternal connection here with the doctor um, you know, what that'll be, you will see. But um, the, the, the idea that he is both, I, and I like how you phrased that, he's a healer and, you know, somebody who's, who's going to kill you, not just with the brutality, but he's, he's got the ability, these fine motor skills to remove things to help the bad guys to operate in that shadow he's an interesting character and and kyle mclaughlin was a big get in this role um you know i know he had been doing uh portlandia and and some other stuff the last couple of years but like i said we've not seen him in anything this physical in you know nearly 30 years <laughs> and i think it's it's great and it's it's hammy and it it suits him perfectly you know you bought every inch of the the malice and the the uh, 
you know, the bitterness of having uh, Coulson, you know, uh, rightfully angle in as as the surrogate father figure where this guy is not fit paternally to have a daughter around in the uh, agitated state he seems to find himself in most often. I think the part is slightly hammy. The performance is not. Uh, I'm reminded of the the story where uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was offered to play either Kyle Reese or the Terminator in, uh, well, you can guess which movie. Um, And he was like, "Uh, the bad guy is a lot more fun. Let me, I want to play that. Um, I think there's similarly here, again, it's not the, it's not, you know, the Kyle MacLachlan is, um, is, is misportraying the character. It's just a ton of fun to be like, you know, a rage monster doctor guy who can somehow wander into Hydra headquarters and just, you know, <laughs> flatten people and be like, all right, let's talk now. You know, I mean, it's, it's got to be wonderful as an actor to just kind of let loose, not be like, I'm playing a lawyer. I objection, your honor. You know, that it, it's just to let loose. It's got to be wonderful. Ward still finds his way onto our dossier here only in one scene tonight and they've used him very frugally but matt that's going to change next week when we see some more of the former the fallen agent ward now pete how does that make you feel i'm coming home i'm coming home tell the world i'm coming matt listeners of this podcast can go back last week or several and listen to me extol the virtues of my hydra comrade in tentacles uh grant ward and that he is going to be back on the good side within the good graces of our uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. by Episode 7. Next week is Episode 6. He's going to be featured very heavily. We're right on pace. Wow. Well, we we certainly will see. Um, you now have the wheels turning in my head, particularly since two weeks from this episode, two weeks from Episode 205, um, is when there's going to be the Marvel 75th Anniversary Special. So that means next week... If there is some sort of cliffhanger that's really going to make us, you know, say, oh, my goodness, Ward is back or, oh, my goodness, Ward just killed everyone or whatever it is. Um, it's going to be all the more deliciously awful to have to wait two weeks for that uh, for that resolution. I can think of no better way to start the sweeps portion in November than to need to go to Agent Ward, you know, we don't trust him, but we have to trust him for whatever they're going to need him to do. And that tension, that is the stuff of the sweeps period where you throw your characters into the most conflicted situations possible. And it just yields good drama, Matt, the type of drama that you can then turn around to an advertiser and say, I need this many millions of dollars for 30 seconds. (laughs) That type of drama. I certainly will tell. Speaking of drama, Bobby Morse initially on our dossier here we don't even get a name 
uh, of her uh, character when she's Hydra, uh, air quotes there. Um, you know, this uh, tough talking means business stall stalking, <laughs> um, you know, Hydra mole finder, mole whacker. And, uh, you know, it, it was so two dimensional at first. You, you had to see the switch coming and uh, there we get it. But I, I liked I thought it was delicious in her, you know, straightforward, again, tough talking uh, nature early on. I thought it really fit the part. But again, I knew that the shift was coming. Well, I certainly did not. And it uh, it, it took me as a pleasant surprise. Time to analyze and theorize, Matt. Um, Colson and his sketches, keeping it classified. Uh, May tells him that keeping Sky in the dark won't end well. What's going on with the graffiti? I mean, certainly they're building, building, building. Her to say, her saying it's not going to end well. Is that foreshadowing or is that just flourish within the script? I would choose the latter. I don't think that, I mean, I don't think we're going to have something like, you know, Sky on her own. On a very special episode, Sky leaves because she's angry at the cold dad. Um, that said, you know, this does go through uh, Sky's veins as well. And I think that that's an X factor to to keep filed away with all of this. Uh, and indeed the episode reminded us of that fact that we should not forget that. Um, so I guess time will tell that's that, that that's a bit of a tough one. Matt, we mentioned before that we first time we see the doctor tonight uh, and the most we have seen him in this series to date, he is bathed in green light, a reference to, uh, the Hulk and gamma radiation, uh, then briefly in red light, which is also an important color for some Hulks. Is he a Hulk? Um, I think that that would be confusing at best and murky at worst. Um, I don't think that the nature of the MCU is to delve really way down into characters that are like other characters i know there are many hulk variations and so forth i think you can only really do so obliquely um it still isn't clear where his powers come from at this point is it gamma radiation is it super soldier serum is it that just he just happens to be a really angry normal guy plus you know did like karate training and knife training when he was in his 20s and now he just can explode and can actually do that for real without the the aid of mind control or a suit or that that sort of thing um i think it i think they're just having a bit of fun with us that the guy who can't keep his temper is kind of hulking out therefore it's green light that's that's where i'm uh that's where i'm gonna go for it you are correct. Uh, the doctor says that um, he found Raina in the streets uh, with the fairy tales from her grandmother. I'm intrigued by Raina's backstory officially now. 
I am too. I I guess I had never stopped to consider where she came from, and certainly there was the initial and and lengthy supposition that that she was just you know team uh, team Garrett uh, until that was revealed to to not be the case. You know, toward the end of his storyline and, and reinforced this season, um, the idea that she was kind of misusing her her gift and he saw potential in it I, I i agree i'd love to see you know i'd love to see a flashback we had a ward flashback um with our uh recurring um somewhat older uh male actor who you know has been in hollywood for forever and ever why not do that with uh with kyle mclaughlin uh, it's one way to go um sky the doctor reveals is not her name is canonically Matt, her name, Mary Sue Poots. I certainly, I certainly believe so. And the fact that it got a retweet from uh, a guy you might've heard of Clark Gregg. Um, heard of Matt. I interviewed him. <laughs> um, well, for all of you out there. Um, but uh, I, I think it's canonical. I mean, Look, no, no offense to all the people from the Poots family who are listening, and no offense to all the Mary <laughs> Sues that are listening. But I, if I had, I mean, if I was a gal and I had the name Mary Sue Poots, um, yeah, I would change it in a heartbeat to something, you know, where like different different uh, vowels make the sound of other vowels, you know, kind of in that, you know, sky with a y and that or with an e and a y e and and that sort of thing you know bobby with an i you know like that just go for that kind of cool cool cred thing lastly for me for level seven sky seems confident that, that the carvings are a map um is this inherent knowledge there was the discussion mm. with ward that um you know, oh, wait, you're not carving this, are you? <sighs> okay, good. Um, is there something to be triggered in Sky? Can she be weaponized? Is that why it seems hardwired in her? Uh, it's a map. And what, Matt, is it a map to? All good questions. I rather like the idea of Sky being weaponized and being torn between you know what she was made to be and what she can be now um as for a map of you know a map to where i mean i guess we have two options terrestrial and extraterrestrial i don't think it's in the flavor of the show to go to you know strange new worlds i know that that now is you know fair turf for the marvel movies I just don't see them transplanting this this show that, yes, has a larger scope, but by and large is using a bunch of, you know, the same sets each week, along with some interesting jaunts out to, by and large, you know, Southern California. Yes, they have these moments where they go uh, elsewhere and internationally and so forth. But um, I would bet it's somewhere on Earth and some portion of Earth that can be replicated either in a soundstage or... Uh, in socal we're just gonna have to see pete i have a couple one um one serious although not particularly ponderous and the other um a little silly 
first the the serious one there was this curious moment or perhaps by curious moment where head simmons <laughs> was talking to fitz about max physique um and kind of really lingering on it more than like wow that's a fit guy um and fitz is kind of in on the the he's kind of very meta at that moment where like simmons is kind of lusting after head simmons is lusting after mac but he knows head simmons isn't there so what does that mean pete what does that mean or was it just a function of the writer to make us aware the fitz is aware the head simmons isn't there i think it, it was the latter i i think it was it was patter matt it, it was something to uh you know just kind of push things Hey, infinite diversity and infinite combinations, man. Whatever they want to do to the show. Um, but Pete, my second thing, here's my question to you. Do you think that they cast Adrienne Pelicki for her geek cred? What geek cred, you might say? Well, Pete, I'd like to remind you that Adrienne Pelicki appeared in the WB pilot Aquaman as the evil Nadia. She also played Kara, a.k.a. Supergirl, in Smallville. Furthermore, she's stopped off at Supernatural. She was part of the unsold pilot, The Robinsons Lost in Space, a potential Lost in Space uh, reboot. She also was in the Red Dawn remake with uh, Thor. And um, last but not least, there are two biggies, as everybody probably knows. She was Wonder Woman in the unsold or the the unpicked up Wonder Woman pilot. Which people uh, constantly try to sell us at Comic-Con months by the way <laughs> yes yes they do um as long as it had strange and then most recently she was in gi joe retaliation as lady J. so we have by my count let's see two dc uh two remakes one reboot and one vampire show geek cast for her greek geek blah, 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 cast for her geek cred in addition to the fact that she's five foot eleven oh i think so <laughs> yeah, I mean, to think that we got somebody from Aquaman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and G.I. Joe, and Lost in Space tonight, that's pretty good. There might I think there's a bit of a level 7 conspiracy there. With that, Pete. Time to open up the mailbag. We love when you leave us feedback on iTunes. Keep it coming. Uh, Matt, I don't know if we have gotten a nicer review or really nicer things ever said about this podcast than the review I'm going to read you right now. I can't wait to hear it. Actually, I have not seen it. You made me aware of it you know, shortly before the episode started. So fire away. So this was uh, written to us by um, Stephen M. in New Jersey. The headline is Shield Talk, and surprisingly, it's only four stars, as nice as it is. So i got to wonder what a five-star would have been. And it reads, Matt and Pete approach the show with an obvious love of the genre, a healthy level of honesty, and an intelligence that makes the podcast a necessary adjunct to watching S.H.I.E.L.D. I listen to a number of podcasts covering many subjects and have stopped listening to many more. 
Pete and Matt have developed a format and bring a level of analysis to the show that enhances the viewing experience. They are here to stay. Wow. Certainly. I mean, that that's touching, touching words there and, uh, and very much appreciated. Again, I think that five-star review would have come up just short of beatification, but uh, we're very grateful. <laughs> the, uh, the other review that was left for us this week was by Wolfgirl15 on October 19th. The headline is, hey yo, two exclamation points, five-star rating. And it reads, this is a fantastic PH podcast uh, to listen Two for Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I've been listening since season one, and their theories are amazing! Exclamation point. They do a marvelous job at breaking down the show and getting you to really think about what could happen. On another note, I am super excited to find out more about Sky's father and, of course, to learn about Coulson's condition. Previously, I was a bit worried that they'll kill him again, but hopefully they won't. But seriously, these are amazing podcasts, and I highly recommend them to all Marvel fans! Exclamation point. Wow. I, 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 again, just so, so profuse with praise. It, it makes me blush, Pete. Matt, we say it all the time. I'll say it again. We have the best listeners. We absolutely do. And I mean, I, 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 I won't uh, get into great detail on this, but Pete, Pete says that all the time. I say that all the time. We say it, you know, it, it, texting back and forth as various stuff happens throughout the week. And, um, you know, there are some of you who are like, you know, who've shared little this or you know, when you listen to it and this, this sort of thing where it really does mean a lot. Um, and it's things that are, you know, Pete and I will constantly make reference. Hey, this person sent this, and there's the 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 the, the appreciation that you guys have for us is definitely uh, reciprocated uh, to a great great deal. So, Pete, with that, we will now move on to look. Let's just face it, Pete. You you are the Colson of this podcast. I, of wow. course, am the word. <laughs> I'm the word based on my my man mountain physique and and. <laughs> And prowess with the ladies, but you are facial the Colson <laughs> and facial hair. You are the Colson and you are the rock star. And people wow. want to get in touch with you. People want to interact with you. How can they do so on the Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter P I E T E R J K R K E T E L A A R four thousand three hundred fifty three followers can't be wrong i am personally on twitter as looking back lost you can get in touch with the podcast one of three different ways we are fantastic geek that is fantastic with a ph and you can find us at the dot com the twitter and the gmail with that pete i will say adios to all our listeners as we uh, look ahead to next week's episode 206 It'll be here before uh, before we know it and we'll give you pete as always the final word You've had one hell of a day. Happy birthday, Patrick.